You are listening to the sermon podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Church in Savannah. We are an Episcopal congregation in the Diocese of Georgia, and you can find out more about us by visiting www.stmichaelsavannah.com. This is not my sermon. I don't have it written on an index <laughs> card. <clears throat> I'll explain to you why I have that. I know. I'll explain why I have this in just a minute. Uh, Thursday was Ascension Day, 40 days after Easter Day. Uh, it's the day that we celebrate Jesus rising up to heaven in the plain view of all of his disciples and then disappearing from their sight. That, that was Thursday. Next Sunday, a week from today, is Pentecost. Um, Holy Ghost Sunday, as it is known. The day that we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit to all of Jesus' followers so that as we prayed in that collect this morning, so that we would not be left comfortless. Well, what are we supposed to do in the meantime? Between Jesus rising up into heaven and the Holy Spirit coming next week. If you were at the service Thursday night, or at least you're familiar with that passage in the Gospels, you might find ourselves doing exactly what those folks were doing when they get asked, why are you standing there looking up into heaven? Uh, he's gone. You have work to do. <clears throat> we're going to start that work right now. In your pew, there, there are in, other index cards, blank index cards. Everybody needs one. Unless you, don't, don't give me that look, unless you were at 8 o'clock and you filled one out then. Now, here's what I want you to do. On one side, I want you to write your name. And yes, first and last names, please. Because if you just put Jim on there, that doesn't do us any good, does it? Here they are, right here. Right? Uh, so first and last, your, your first and last name go on one side. What side? Blind or the lines? I did this at 8 o'clock, Emily, and I had sympathy for every school teacher in the room because the questions that they put to me about how it was every loophole. Every, I'm like, just write it on the card. I don't care what side. That's why I didn't say front or back. I said on one side. Write your name. Last name first. Gotcha. Sorry. Then on the other side, whichever side that may be, I want you to write the names of not more than five people. Five people in this church, yes, currently alive. Five living members of St. Michael's whom you personally feel blessed to know. No more than five. I got, does it have to just be five? That's what I said, five. Person last name? Yes, please, again, if you write Jim. What about your number three? Not more than five. Jesus Christ. Yes. What? My own wife is going to what? Yes, Mary. 
that you feel blessed to know personally. That's one person. Can you what? That's one person. Uh, Felder. Nina's last name? Walker. You know, when this was explained to us at clergy conference, I thought, this is a great idea. I never knew it would be, I had no idea. Yeah. It's one of those things that sounds really good in theory, and then you put it in practice, and it just all falls apart on you. Right. So, now, when you finish that, I want you to put these in the offering plate when they come by, because we're taking them up. Who? Right? Five? Not more than five. If you don't have five, don't make names up, but stop at five. Write them down legibly so we can read them, and then put, put those... Put those in the offering plate. Now, <laughs> all right, so here we are uh, between Ascension and the coming of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and we're wondering, like the disciples were, well, what do we do now? Um, the reason, now hold on to it, you're going to put it in the offering plate later on. I don't want it right now. Uh, the reason that I, I wanted you to, that I wanted to start with this, it has something to do with how we answer that question. What, what are we supposed to do now? Um, <clears throat> when I talk to people who, who chose to come to St. Michael's, not people who were born here and baptized here and been here all their life, uh, but people who, who came here from somewhere else and had a choice about where they were going to go to church and chose to come to St. Michael's. When I ask them, why St. Michael's? I, you know, out of all the churches in Savannah, why, why, why this one? Um, it's astonishing how often I get the same answer. And I suspect some of you already already can guess what that answer is. Um, they said, I just feel so welcome here. Everybody was so friendly. They, 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 made, they made me feel at, at home. Um, I, I want you to know, I recently heard that um, from somebody who uh, has not belonged to a church in decades because the church that they used to go to made them feel so unworthy that they never thought they were good enough to be in a church until they came here. And he said, but y'all have just made me feel like I belong. <clears throat> now that is a wonderful thing. Um, that's a wonderful way to have your congregation described to you. That is a glorious attribute for any. It's, it's what we should uh, aspire to. And my guess is, again, for those of you who have chosen to be a part of, of, of St. Michael's. My guess is if you looked at those names that you just wrote on that card, probably some or most of them made you feel that way. That's why, that's why they're important to you. It's why you feel blessed to know them. And so um, when, when we are together uh, like, like today, um, even Thursday night, when we were, when, when a good chunk of us were at St. Paul's and in worshiping in another space with another community, um, I get this really warm feeling about 
being with y'all. I, I, I love for us, I, I love when we are together. We were talking about this in, um, in the rector's forum this morning. Y'all are an easy congregation to preach to because we feel comfortable with y'all. There is a danger inherent, though, in, in celebrating this idea of welcome and friendliness uh, too much. And you know what that is? We, we start to get turned, all our attention turns inward. And church becomes about, about us. Um, happy churches can do that. But you know what? More often you see it with scared churches. With churches that... Back in the 60s, the Episcopal Church was booming. Evangelism was more successful then, it seemed, than any other time because we just kept adding more and more members and we all said, God, we're really good at this. This is fantastic. Um, and then it stopped in the 70s and we kind of started this. And we were like, what's going on? Why, why are we not as good at evangelism as we used to be? And you know what we figured out? We figured out that our most successful form of evangelism had been childbirth. Um, that's just a fact. We had more people born into the Episcopal Church. Um, but since then, uh, the Episcopal Church, like a lot of other churches, have seen that folks, they're not coming to church the way they used to. They got other things to do on Sunday mornings. And so for the last, what, 40 years or so, the church has been scratching its collective head saying, how do we get these people back to church? Well, guess what? The people who stopped coming are all mostly dead by now. <laughs> and the people that were trying to get back to church, they were never in church to begin with. It was either their parents or, in a lot of cases, their grandparents who were the last generation in their family that went to church. These are folks um, for whom this has never been a part of, of their life. And so what happens when, when churches start to get scared and they start to worry, ooh, we're shrinking, ooh, we may not make it, they turn inwards even more. And we start worrying about we've got to protect and preserve our resources. We've got to be careful about how much we spend or what we do. That is a recipe for certain death for a congregation. Now, it's logical. It makes sense, right? Um, small in numbers, small in resources. We need to be shrewd and careful with what we have. But guess what? That's not what the gospel teaches us. If we look at the gospel reading for today, uh, I think we get a clue about what it is that we're supposed to do now, that Jesus has left us with a mission. We're in the gospel according to John, and this is that section of John that takes place on Monday, Thursday after the Last Supper, but before Jesus is arrested, when he's praying in the garden, he's praying for his disciples. And in a section that we, that we did not get this morning, um, Jesus says, uh, he prays that his Father will protect his disciples who are in the world. He said, they don't belong to the world, so protect them. He says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, only to protect them while they're in the world. See, there's the deal. We don't belong to the world, but we do belong in the world. And here he goes on and he says, I ask not only on behalf of 
these, the ones who are already following me, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. Jesus isn't just praying for uh, the disciples that he has now, but for those people who are going to come to find the love of Jesus through us. And see, there is the answer to the question, what do we do now? What we do now is turn our attention outward towards those who will come to believe in the love of Christ through what we say and do. So I, I ask you to write down up to five names of members of this church whom you feel blessed to know. I didn't really see anybody struggling to, uh, to do that. Um, I bet you I could ask you to pick up, I'm not asking you to do this, but I, I bet I could ask you to pick up another one of those cards and write down the names of people not in this church, but people you know in your life who do not have what you have found here, who do not have a place that makes them feel welcome and at home, who do not have a community of faith that loves and cares for them the way y'all love and care for one another. Those are the people who might come to believe in the love of Christ through what we say and do. But it won't happen if we're going to sit here, either in our joy to be with one another or in our fear of losing what we have. If that's what we do, they may never hear of the love of Christ. It is upon us then to carry it to them. And if, if you're tempted to say, well, but, you know, that, that'd be okay if, we, if there were more of us or we had you know, more resources to build. But, but what if we mess it up? What if, what if we aren't wise with what we have? What if we do this wrong? Um, here's the deal if we are faithful to the mission that Jesus has entrusted to us not only will we not run out of what we have we will have more than we need um, and I'll tell you who gets this um, is Alcoholics Anonymous <clears throat> um, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar enough with the 12 steps to, to know this, but one of the things that, that program teaches us is that if we're concerned about our own sobriety, if we're worried that we're not going to make it, if we're struggling, do you know what it says is the, the, the best way to ensure uh, our own sobriety? Does anybody know? Reach out. Actually, praying to God, you're supposed to do first. But what it says is, the best way to ensure your own sobriety is intensive work with another alcoholic. If you want to take care of yourself, if you need help, go find someone else to help. And in helping them, you'll find the help that you need for yourself. But if you worry about yourself, you're heading down the wrong path. 
I hate to tell you, that's not just AA. Jesus actually said it a long time ago about worrying about yourself so that you don't help others. Those who would save their life will lose it. But those who will give up their life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will find it. So as we stand here today, uh, partway between the ascension of Jesus into heaven, the coming of the Holy Ghost, and we wonder, what do we do now? Well, stop and think about those, that five, those five names on that card and the blessing that they have been to you. And then think about those other names, the ones that you didn't write down, those names who may not yet have received that blessing. And think about what you could do for them to give them what you have received. Knowing all the while that Jesus is praying for us and for those who might come to believe because of what we say and do.